0: You're listening to Wholesaling Inc, episode number 164.
1: In something like this, just act on it. You know, start surrounding yourself with a good support system. Start asking the right questions. Go to different networking meetings and just surround yourself
0: the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome to another episode here on Wholesaling Inc. My name is Cody Hoffhein, and I will be hosting today's episode and I'm super excited. Let's talk to all of our Rhino Nation. We want to first of all give a shout out. Thank you to all of our listeners who are listening to this podcast religiously. We have a great testimonies from you guys. So we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being the listeners. And for those of you that are new to this podcast, what we're going to be talking about is wholesaling and specifically wholesaling real estate. So wholesaling is just simply the art of finding deeply discounted properties and then turning them for a profit. And so we're going to have a tribe member with us today that's going to be talking about how he just recently did a deal made a great chunk of money, and how he did it. So we'll be breaking this down step by step. So the main thing here, listeners, is pull out a pen, a piece of paper, and get ready to jot down some gold nuggets, things that you can take action on, add to your business, and go out there and get some deals done. That's what this is all about, delivering action, actionable items that you can go do today. So today we have with us Mike Ireland Castellon. He lives in Houston, Texas. He is married with one kid, and he's been in the tribe since November. So he's been doing it for a few months and just came across his first deal. Now, he's going to share the ups and downs that go with this of how he's had other deals under contract and how they fell through. And so he will lay it out there exactly how it's been, and then ultimately, We'll get to the point where we talk about a deal step-by-step that he just did that made him a great amount of money. Mr. Mike Ireland Castellón, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Cody. Thanks for having me. Oh, we are so glad to have you on and I'm super excited. I obviously know the end game of what this deal size is and I'm super excited though for our listeners to hear what has taken place over the last uh, little bit for you. So let's maybe fill me in on the gaps, fill our listeners in on the gaps of a little bit about yourself and maybe a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah, so um, I joined the tribe in early November and, um, you know, never wholesaled or done anything like that before. Currently and th- pretty much throughout my whole professional career, I've been an um, outside medical sales rep. So basically, I would go from doctor's office to doctor's office trying to sell them products or services. And then throughout that time, I also got my real estate license thinking I can sell some real estate on the side and have some good side income.
0: Nice. So what got you into, I mean, here you are, you're doing some real estate. What got you ultimately into now? Now you're wholesaling. What got you intrigued about wholesaling and how did you come across it?
1: Well, um, with my job, I actually, I I drive a lot. So I drive anywhere from three to, you know, 5,000 miles a month. Going to different areas, you know, Houston's so large. Holy
0: smokes, that is a lot of miles. (laughs) So it's a, it's
1: almost a a minimum of an hour, maybe an hour and fifteen minute drive to my first stop, and then back home also. So, you know, just try to find uh, different podcasts and things that help me with traditional real estate, and then I came across wholesaling through another podcast. I forgot what it was called, and I thought it was a unique idea. I just never really paid attention to this, and it was. Probably that happened maybe about three years ago.
0: So you had been listening just, to this idea for quite some time. It sounds like,
1: yeah, uh, okay. this idea and other ideas also. Okay, I've I've always been one to try to make some extra money through unconventional ways.
0: Yeah, and yeah.
1: it's it's funny because I you know throughout my drives, you know, I you just catch yourself thinking a lot, thinking of new products or something, and I always bring it home to my wife, and she immediately shuts them down. <laughs> But uh but yeah so I I came across your podcast um, wholesaling Inc uh-huh. and I actually love the energy coming out of it and it made me want to listen to it more and more Yeah,
0: like, who and, are these two guys bottled up caffeinated beverages ready to explode what is what on earth are they doing yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it was it, I mean it was great it, it made my drives easier uh-huh. and um it was you know really great information and I love the uh you know, the testimonials on people on the podcast. And I was thinking, you know, maybe maybe I can look into this a little bit further.
0: Nice, nice, nice. So here you are now into the tribe a a few months now. And let's start deep diving. I know you just recently did a deal. And so now listeners, this is where it gets really, really good. Cause he's going to talk you through step-by-step how he did this deal. So Mike, let's take it right from the beginning and talk about maybe like what list, you got this this lead from, and how you were able to market to this individual?
1: Yeah, definitely. So this is a second mail campaign that I sent out, and I got the list. It's actually a code violation list. I had to physically go to the courthouse to get it. So I got the list, and there was about, I want to say 2,000 okay. addresses on that list. And so I used direct mail, and I mailed out that, that list as throughout a I believe a four week period.
0: Four week period. So 2,000 names were on this list. And you said this was the code violation? Yes. Okay. So those that are just listening, maybe new to this, code violations simply the people that maybe have received a ticket from the city because maybe their lawn is too long or too high, or maybe their windows are boarded up and it's just something that's an eyesore to the city. And so they have these code violations that they give people. And so these are individuals now that you were able to achieve and find this list from your county. And from there, you had 2,000 names that you started mailing to. So now let's go through. So now the mail's out and you sent a postcard, you said? Yes, yeah,
1: so just sent postcard. The tribe recommended postcard. Okay. And, and the just
0: started a ringing.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, actually not as much as what I thought. Uh-huh. You know, prior to that I sent out five thousand mail pieces to a tax delinquent list and my response rate was less than half percent.
0: Oh wow. So probably right out of the gates, here you are new to wholesaling. You're sending out a lot of mail and it's a half a percent response rate. Was there some gut check moments going on here?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, throughout the whole process, as I was talking to people, I would you know, I would get really excited and then meet with them and then actually prior to this deal that we're about to talk about and i had three other deals and a contract all from the tax delinquent list wow. and they all fell through two of them fell through because of title issues and the buyers just didn't want to wait and one of them just fell through because it was just way too much work the the margins looked pretty good but despite that you know it was still too much work and the seller didn't want to go down wanted to hang on to it so sure. So, yeah, definitely. so I was
0: through this though? Because that's a, already a hard thing. And I think there's some wisdom here you could probably share with people. When you were feeling these gut check moments, what kept you moving forward? What kept you going? Yeah. So, you know,
1: listening to the podcast two times a week and listening to the coaching calls, I can hear other people having success. And even in, you know, highly competitive markets like Houston, we also have, there's a couple of Houston rhinos too. So I, I would reach out to them and they just would tell me, you know, just keep pushing forward. You know, the deals are out there.
0: And, you know, that's exactly what I did. Perfect. So you kept moving forward, which is huge because you've already had some things out of the gates that would kind of paralyze a lot of people. But the fact that you had a community that you could rely on, you could come back to the coaching call every week or you could come back to the other tribe members that are in your area or listen to other tribe members through the just the phone calls that we're having success. It pushed you, pushed you, push you, which I'm so proud to say that you just pushed. You went through it. There was hard times, but you rhinoed through it. And now let's kind of go through it. So you've mailed out to the code violation. Phone calls are coming in. What did the phone call sound like when you first answered this deal that we're talking about?
1: Yeah. So for this one, actually, um, the seller called, didn't leave a voicemail, but I knew, you know, through just through the coaching calls and, you know, this. Doesn't matter if they leave a voicemail or not just to call them back. So that's exactly what I did. They didn't answer. And so the, the following day, I called them again and finally got a hold of them.
0: Already gold nuggets right there, my friend. So many times, how many people, and I, I'm i assuming even with like medical sales and all the, did you say pharmaceutical or medical sales that you did? That's uh, medical sales. Medical sales. It's all about follow-up. It's all about building relationships and follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. And very few people actually follow up. So the fact that you... Called, they didn't answer, but that you didn't give up on that lead. You called the next day, get him on the phone. Now, kind of walk us through what does that conversation sound like?
1: Yeah, so I went through the went through the script and you know asked all the right questions to him, and I could tell he was very timid, didn't want to really give a lot of information. So the script actually helped to you know get more information out of him. And then finally, finally, after just digging through, I I spent about an hour on the phone with him. Finally, after digging through, it just turns out that, you know, him and his girlfriend, who who the property was actually entitled to, both of them, they split and he's been there for a while. He just wanted to move on with his life. And um, the house just reminded him too much of the relationship. And I think he just wanted to take the next step for him.
0: Sure. So instantly when you're kind of doing like your quick check on the home, what was the home worth after if it was a fixed up in perfect condition, what would the home be worth? So
1: I ran the numbers um, and
0: it looked like anywhere from 310 to 315,000. Okay, 310, 315,000. And were you already knowing this when you're on the phone with them or did you do research after the phone call? I actually did research after the phone call. Okay, okay. So did research, talk to the guy, find out he's motivated, he does want to get rid of it. When you booked the appointment, what did that look like from there? Like, How did the negotiation process start? Was he asking a certain price and the price already let you know that was already a deal? Or is it more of the circumstances that were going on that made it more sound like a deal?
1: Yeah. So, well, first of all, the circumstances made it feel like it was going to be a deal. But when I started getting into, you know, what do you think it's worth? He really didn't know. I mean, he asked me, and you know i was just very honest with him and i told him look you know the area better than i do you've lived there forever so do you have any idea and he was told by a friend of his that the house could possibly be worth around 290 and he didn't believe it he, he didn't believe him so initially he threw out a number of 245 uh-huh. of what he thought it was worth
0: okay so 245 you go out there go on the appointment and then What does that look like so that some of our new listeners, when you go on an appointment, is it just straight business, go right to the house? Or what were some of the things that made it work for you where he really felt comfortable moving forward with you?
1: Yeah. So I set up the appointment and told him, you know, I would like to go see the property and then we could talk more about, you know, what we can possibly offer. And, you know, like I said, I spent an hour on the phone with him. And when I went to go see, actually visit with him in person, I spent almost another hour just walking to the house talking about the situation that he brought up and just, you know, try to build some rapport and and gain some trust. And I was very honest with him of what we do. And it was very funny because uh, when I walked in, I saw a stack of about eight to 10 other postcards. (laughs) (laughs) And I asked him, oh, you know, what happened to them? Did you give them a call? And he was like, yeah, but none of them ever called me back.
0: Oh, wow. So here people are mailing, but they're not even following up on the phone calls, which... By the way, to give you credit, he didn't answer the first phone call to you either, and you kept with it. That's what's something that's key here. But this lets you know those guys could have called him, and when he didn't answer the first time, they probably just didn't call back a second time.
1: Right. So that, that's what I figured, and 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 that's exactly what he said. So spend some time with them throughout the you know the visit, and I said, you know, I'm I'm not sure if I'm going to be a, your best option you know, have you thought about listing it with a realtor? I disclosed that I had my real estate license, but I'm not looking to list a home. And I told him exactly what we do. You know, I'm not looking to actually rehab it. I'm, I am have a network of buyers that I'm actually going to sell it to. And he was fine with it. But so at that first visit, he still didn't want to be solid on a, on a number that, I mean, I know earlier he said he, he thinks it's worth 245, but that he really didn't say what he wanted it for. So yeah. I told him to think about it. And I didn't want to get into numbers until his girlfriend was involved too, because uh-huh. she was on the title. So we set up another meeting to where I took him out to lunch and had him both sit down with me.
0: That's awesome. So you set up that appointment, you go through the whole process. What did that, ultimately, what were you able to put the home under contract for? So um, after you know, kind of going back and forth
1: with them. I went with the low offer of one fifty, and they came back to me at
0: one eighty, and then ultimately we agreed um, at one sixty-five. One sixty-five. So originally on the phone, it sounded like a two forty-five is what he thinks it might be worth. Was there repairs and stuff that obviously need to be done with this home? Oh, absolutely.
1: Okay. I mean, there was. Okay. Yeah, it was in horrible condition. There was stuff all over the place. There wasn't even gas in the house. Oh, wow. Um, so
0: no heat, no nothing? Yeah,
1: no heat. You just use space heaters. Uh, there was mold in the house.
0: Okay, so-, so it was a pretty distressed property. And that's kind of what the picture I wanted to paint with maybe some of the people listening here is it's not that you bought this $310,000 house for putting it under contract for one sixty, but this home had a lot of issues with it. It was very distressed. Like you said, mold, no heat. You had to use plug-in space heaters. But you said you put under contract, you said, was it 160? 165. Okay, or 165. And from there, mm-hmm. what did it look like for like, did you start doing like just a traditional assignment? Did you market the contract to cash buyers or what does that look like?
1: Yeah, so I, I marketed to my cash buyers. I was asking for 200. Uh-huh. And so ultimately set up an inspection date and had three out of all those buyers, I went, only three of them showed up throughout the On that
0: inspection day. How many cash buyers do you have? 600. 600. So here's a key thing for our listeners is the fact that you had 600 cash buyers on the list and you said three of them showed up to the property. Right. Okay. And from there, let's talk them through it. How did this end up being and what did the three buyers say? And ultimately, what did it uh, turn out to what they bought it from you for?
1: Yeah, so I actually got out of those three buyers. I got three, you know, cash offers, one from each buyer, and ultimately I got it assigned for
0: 195. Good gravy, my math is going to work really quick on this one. So 165 <laughs> under contract, sold for 195 for a total profit of $30,000 on this one deal. Is that correct? That's right.
1: Okay. Yes, sir.
0: My man, you know it's coming down. <laughs> Hold on one sec. <laughs> I've, been, I've been waiting for that. So, Mike, here's the thing that's incredible is you should have heard this victory bell like three months ago, maybe uh, a few months ago because you've had multiple deals under contract that fell through, which is must have been frustrating. But at the end of the day, you still push forward. Here you have this deal that pays you $30,000. How good does that taste, my man?
1: Oh, it, I mean, it feels great. As soon as I knew what we had and um, as soon as I knew it closed, it was one of, I mean, it was a great feeling. My wife is happy. I was happy. She's
0: like, it's real. Um, it's real. What he's yeah, talking it, to me it, about it, is finally real. It's basically,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's basically proof of concept. And, you know, I didn't want those other three deals that canceled to define me. So, yeah, I was, I mean, I was so, I was so happy. It was unbelievable.
0: That's awesome. What do you look, uh, what is the 30 grand? What do you plan on doing with that? I think a lot of people think you just struck gold and you're going to go on this huge vacation. My gut tells me you're probably going to reinvest this into marketing. But what is your actual plan with that money?
1: Yeah, so out of that, I'm gonna I'm gonna use about nine or ten thousand dollars to, um, you know, to reinvest into marketing. I just actually just scheduled um, nine thousand mail pieces to go out over an eight week period. Nice. So mainly just reinvesting.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And you will continue to have success because you didn't let some of these things that can paralyze you, can make you pull out of the game, you didn't let it cripple you. You just move forward. You know it's going to be tough, but the reward is so good. Ultimately, to help kind of our listeners understand, from start to finish, now I'm not saying over the last six months, but on this specific deal, what do you think that took from start to finish, 30 grand in your your bank account, how many hours?
1: Yeah, so this deal took a month and a half. And um, I, I would say just from talking to the, to the owner and talking to the buyers and visiting with the, with the owner also, probably around eight to 10 hours.
0: Eight to 10 hours. That's the reality. So Rhino Nation, listening to the podcast today, that's the reality right there is, yes, you're going to put forth time in the whole entire wholesaling game, but from start to finish on this one deal. 8 to 10 hours, and here we are with a $30,000 check, which is a huge, huge payday. I don't know many professionals that make that kind of money, unless you're Steph Curry or some other, uh, maybe I should say a Houston Rockets guy. Maybe I should say uh Hardin or something. Maybe yeah, he makes that. <laughs> but not many people do. Uh, in fact, I've got beef with you, because you just took out my Utah Jazz. <laughs> oh,
1: we're pretty unstoppable this year.
0: <laughs> it's been a good series. But Mike, that's been an awesome, awesome journey for you. I love seeing that you're still motivated, pumped, to keep going after it again and again and again, invest more money into marketing, get the phones ringing even more to get more deals. If you were to start over again, though, and we have a lot of listeners that are brand new to this concept, they might be where you were three years ago, just listening to a podcast. What would you tell them, knowing what you know now, what would you tell them? Yeah, I mean, If there's any type of interest in something
1: like this, just act on it, you know, start surrounding yourself with a good support system, start asking the right questions, go to different networking meetings and just surround yourself with people who are actually doing it because, I mean, this is real. People are making a lot of money doing this and, you know, it it really does work. So
0: I would just say, just take action early on. I love it, I love it. And then secondly, what we like to do is, if there is a good book, something that you have read in the last little bit, that would be a book worth sharing to people and why you'd recommend it.
1: Yeah, so one of the books I'm reading now is of course Never Split the Difference, but I would say Profit First. That was a really great book that um is it, it Mike McKellowitz? Yeah, Mike McCallowitz. It just it teaches you how to allocate, you know, your your funds to make sure that you're profitable. And it, and it actually got me to, to actually...
0: It teaches you really how to use your accounts wisely, really. like That book was how I started my business, is how to pay you first and expenses are the leftover versus so many people run their income off of gross revenue minus expenses equals profit. He teaches you gross revenue minus profits equal expenses. So he teaches you to yeah, definitely. first. I
1: think what I was trying to say is, you know, I was reading this before I even, you know, got, had my first deal, but it allowed me to, to think of, okay, this is what I would do once I get my deal. So I would imagine. And um, it, it, that actually kind of helped me push forward too.
0: Yeah. Perfect. That is a phenomenal book. And Mike, my friend, I want to thank yeah. you personally for being on the podcast. And I, so proud of you. That is not an easy task. I want to make sure that everyone that's listening, it isn't easy. It's not an easy thing. It's not a get rich quick. If it was easy, everyone was doing it. But at the end of the day, Mike, was it worth it?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's definitely worth it.
0: So that is exactly what I tell each of you listening now. If you have goals and dreams and desires And your goals are to maybe one day leave the nine to five, stop working for corporate America, or maybe it's just to find side money. So you can go on vacation with your kids and your wife or your family and, and just enjoy life the way you want to enjoy it. That is something that's going to take sacrifice. It's going to be hard, but at the end of the day, it is worth it. And if you want help on how you can do that, keep listening to this podcast. There's so many free tips, tricks, gold nuggets that you can learn just here from the podcast And if you happen to want more hands-on help, you can definitely go over to WholesalingInc.com. That's WholesalingInc.com and book a call with our team and we can go over a strategy call. Look at it. What is it that you want? And see if it is something that we are a good fit. And if we are, we can invite you to be part of the tribe and get you your first deal. No different than Mr. Mike that's been on this podcast today. So thank you guys for listening. And Mikey, or Mikey, Mike, I want to say Mike Ireland Castellon, thank you for joining us today. That's been amazing Thanks, to you on here.
1: Thanks, Cody. I appreciate everything you guys do. It's, uh, it's been a real honor.
0: Awesome, awesome. Thanks again. And guys, we'll see you on the next episode. God bless.